just as I am. Welcome to the Gospel Saves Podcast, a program that discusses all matters related to the Christian faith. Please visit thegospelsaves.me. You can also visit The Gospel Saves on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. And Welcome back. We've been studying the Bible's response to the problem of evil, one of the most difficult issues that faces believers in God. In our study, I have assumed some basic things. I have assumed that God is good, that everything God created was good, including the gift of free will, and that evil entered the world through man's misuse of free will. On our last episode, we talked about the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden. In that episode, we talked about how Satan was involved in tempting us, but the reason why Adam and Eve fell was because of their desire for what was not rightfully theirs. Now, I do intend to talk about Satan later on, but we're going to save that for a different episode. Back in the story of Adam and Eve... What we learn is that our desires are deceitful, and we don't indeed become like God, that ultimately sin does not satisfy those desires. I don't think I mentioned on that episode that Adam and Eve's decision to eat of the fruit is an example of moral evil, and moral evil, we learn, has consequences. In the story of Adam and Eve, they became aware of their vulnerabilities, they learned shame and death, they learned fear, and they also experienced for the first time the effects of a guilty conscience. Now, I'd like to talk a little bit more about what moral evil brought, because moral evil, I believe, was responsible for bringing natural evil into the world. Now, by natural evil, I mean pain and suffering that we as humans experience, as a result of illness, death, natural disasters, and the list goes on. The story of Adam and Eve teaches us that natural evil is a consequence for sin. If you look at how God addresses Adam and Eve once they have been discovered, we see that natural evil was a consequence. For example, the pain of giving birth to a child was increased for a woman as a consequence. The futility of labor was increased for Adam, that he would be working by the sweat of his brow, that he would be uh, troubled by thistles and thorns, etc., that labor was not going to be anything like what he had experienced in the garden. These were natural consequences, natural evils that came into the world as a result of their sin. But this is not always the case. Natural evil is in the world, but it's not always within our control. It's not always the result of some mistake or some sin that we have committed. For example, I mentioned a couple of episodes ago the story of Job. And in that story, we see Job's children crushed by the collapse of a home. And the collapse of a home was caused by a windstorm. Jesus referred to a a natural evil 
in Luke chapter 13, verse 4, he talked of a, of a tower, a tower of Siloam that fell on 18 people and killed them. When I was in the Philippines, a story was shared with me about a mudslide that happened as a result of a typhoon and some brothers in Christ who were there helping out rushed over only to find that an entire village had been swallowed up by mud and there were parents standing by who who couldn't get to their children in time to rescue them and had lost them in this terrible mudslide. This is a natural evil. It's not anyone's fault. It's not the result of some sin that someone has committed. Pain and suffering are in the world, and they are brought on by natural disasters such as this. And it is possible to just be in the wrong place at the wrong time on these occasions. Solomon talks about time and chance. Time and chance happen to us all, and he describes it like a fish caught in a cruel net, like birds caught in a snare, so the sons of men are snared in an evil time. Bad things happen because we're in the wrong place at the wrong time. They happen beyond our control. So from the story of Adam and Eve, we learn that natural evil came into the world as a result of moral evil. We also see Adam and Eve experiencing for the first time the effects of a guilty conscience. I touched on this in the last episode, and I want to talk about it some more in this episode. Now, the conscience is our capacity to discern between good and evil. It's how we distinguish between right and wrong. Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 3 verse 9 is given the opportunity to, opportunity to ask for anything and he asked for an understanding heart so that he could discern between good and evil as he judged God's people. This is the conscience. The conscience helps us to decide what's right and what's wrong. And the conscience also affects us. It either accuses us of wrongdoing or affirms that what we have done is correct. Paul describes this in Romans chapter 2, verse 15. He's talking about the Gentiles who believe in God on the basis of nature, and from that flows a morality. And he says that those Gentiles were guided by their conscience. Their conscience either accused them or excused them. This is the effect of a good or evil conscience, that a conscience which accuses us is a guilty conscience. We know we've done something wrong. It's like what David experienced when he cut a corner of Saul's robe off. Scripture says his heart troubled him. So in Adam and Eve, when they become aware of their nakedness, when they seek to cover their nakedness, we see the them experiencing for the first time a guilty conscience. Now, we're all born with a conscience. In 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 9, Solomon asks for a discerning heart. And in Scripture, the heart often represents our inward person, our spiritual person. So the conscience is a part of our human spirit, and it's something that is unique to human beings. As far as I can tell, nothing else in the created realm has the human spirit. And we see that when babies come into the world, as they grow into the toddler stage, that they exhibit signs of a conscience. I really like the book 
Just Babies, The Origins of Good and Evil by Paul Bloom. Paul Bloom is a developmental psychologist, and in that book, he talks about the research that he and others have done in this area. They have seen evidence of a conscience in very young children. They've seen evidence of empathy and compassion. They've seen evidence of a rudimentary sense of fairness, also a rudimentary sense of justice. And they've seen in babies and toddlers some capacity to to distinguish between kindness and cruelty. What they've also noticed is this conscience, I'll call it the conscience, I don't think they call it that, but I'll call it the conscience. What they've also noticed in their research is that conscience must be trained. They call it a moral taste bud that children don't know good and evil, they just have a sense of it, but that sense must be trained. And scripture agrees with that idea. Moses, as he's preparing the children of Israel to go into the land of Canaan, talks to them about their children, and he says these children don't know the difference between right and wrong. They can't distinguish between good and evil. That's Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 39. And if you think back to the garden, What did God do with Adam and Eve? He taught them the difference between right and wrong. What was right? To eat of any tree in, in the garden. What was wrong? To eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So God educated Adam and Eve. And I'm personally persuaded that this is one of the main functions of divine revelation. God has revealed himself through the word in order to help us distinguish between right and wrong. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. God's grace teaches us to deny unrighteousness and to fill our lives with righteousness. It educates us. So the conscience is our capacity to discern between good and evil, and it must be educated. And when we sin, we feel a sense of regret and guilt and shame, just like Adam and Eve did. One final thing to say. Adam and Eve's sin introduced fear. Now, fear is a good thing. If I'm out hiking in the woods and I run across a mountain lion, fear is going to to kick in and it's going to help me protect myself. I may not be successful, but that instinct for self-preservation is going to kick in. But fear can also be very destructive. And fear can be very destructive in the case of sin. And we see fear at work in the case of Adam and Eve. They heard his voice, they heard God's voice in the garden, and they were afraid, so they hid themselves. What were they afraid of? Well, they were afraid of discovery. They knew God would know. They feared God would know what they had done, so they hid from God. And when we do something wrong, sometimes we just don't want people to find out. We're afraid that they're going to find out what we have done. There's that fear of discovery. There's also a fear of rejection. Maybe you've said this to yourself or heard someone else say it. God can never forgive me for what I've done. I've done so many terrible things. God could never love me. That's a fear of rejection. We also experience a fear of abandonment. I don't know if Adam and Eve had connected the dots, but they probably were afraid that They would lose their communion with God, that God would abandon them. 
And I'm sure they were also afraid of death. And all of these are fears we experience. We can relate to what Adam and Eve experienced in that moment. So these are the consequences that came as a result of Adam and Eve's sin. Natural evil came into the world. A guilty conscience was activated and fear. Fear became a dominant force in our lives. Now, as I draw this to a close, I want you to know that if you're experiencing guilt for what you have done in the past, Jesus Christ can release you from those chains. In Christ, your conscience can be cleansed. We're told this in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, that when we're baptized, the blood of Jesus Christ sprinkles our heart from an evil conscience. So if you have regret, if you have guilt or you have shame, there is a way of escape. Jesus Christ's sacrifice can release you from those bonds and you can be free. Your conscience can be cleansed and you can experience a peace that surpasses all understanding. Thanks for listening to the Gospel Saves podcast. If you found this program useful, please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, please visit acapeldridge.com. You can also find Acapeldridge on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know His perfect will. Oh